to the Better Golf Podcast, powered by Win Daily Sports, where betters go to bet better. Here are your hosts, Tee Off Sports and Sticks Picks. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Better Golf Podcast. If you haven't heard so already, Nick and I are extremely excited to announce that we have partnered with Underdog Fantasy. If you aren't doing so already, Underdog is one of the fastest growing platforms out there in the space that allows you to hold real money drafts against either friends or random opponents. You know, Nick, we're going to talk about Underdog a lot more as we go on. I love Underdog because it gives us the capabilities to make this show more interactive over time. I think allowing people to draft against us and put their knowledge to the test to what we say on this show is going to be really fun for anybody who wants to hop in and compete for the night. All contests will have an added bonus from us that we're going to throw into the pool for anybody who wins. If you enter, uh, you can sign up today with the code BGP to get a 100% bonus match up to $100 in total. But Nick, how are you doing today, man? Talk to us a little bit about everything going on. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm doing well. So sorry for the couple weeks off there, guys. But yeah, Spencer and I kind of been putting our heads together to do something a little bit different. There's, you know, shit ton of golf podcasts out there and everything like that. And uh, with the action network work that we do, we kind of feel like we're getting a little bit redundant with the better golf show and then stuff we're doing elsewhere. So want to do something different. Uh, everybody's heard of Best Ball Mania 3. I'm sure the uh, the fantasy football best ball contest at Underdog, I believe it is the largest prize pool in all of fantasy sports. Uh, $3 million at first. Personally, I literally start every day, uh, every morning with a best ball draft. It's starting to get a little costly for me, but uh, hopefully we could <laughs> turn that to a positive ROI. Pretty much just been doing uh, Denver Broncos stacks. So uh, if that doesn't work out, you know how my season's going to go on the best ball side. But uh, they're starting to grow their golf product, and we thought this was a great time to kind of you know help them do that. Um, so we'll do, you know, there, if you go on the website or on the app, there's you know, the three putt Thursday and the sandbagger, two of the like MME contests, if you will. Looks like right now it's just showdown, so it's Thursday only. But what we'll be doing is we'll create a custom draft. I think our first draft is going to be a 14 teamer. So we'll send out the link on our Twitter there. And, you know, as soon as people sign up, we'll fire away. It's 30 seconds a pick. A little quick for my liking. You know, maybe someday in the future we can get a custom clock or something like that. I don't necessarily want to do a slow draft, but maybe if we could do 45 seconds to a minute and a half, somewhere in that range, uh, I think that'd be a lot of fun to where we could do a live show. We could talk about some of the picks and things like that. But Spencer, real quick, for our draft, what we're going to do is Spencer and I will be on the same team. Spencer is in Vegas. And unfortunately at the time he cannot play underdog fantasy. So he will be our rankings guru for my profile on underdog. And uh, I'll compile my rankings, kind of make an aggregate. We'll wait at probably 85% Spencer, 15% my nonsense. And, uh, and we'll draft against whoever wants to join us. And this first one for the Open Championship, we are going to throw in an extra $100 prize pool to first place only. So if you finish first, um, since it's a major, it'll be $100 extra. I think our first draft will be a $10 entry, 14-teamer. Um, so let's see what the payout structure there would be. So first standard would be $65. Second would be $30. Third, 17th. And fourth would be $12. So... For this week, that first place prize pool will get $165, so $10 to make it $165 against 14 people. Should be a lot of fun, but again, it is only for round one. So Spencer, going into round one for a fantasy draft, 
is the weather going to mean a whole lot to you? So we know there's a lot of sites out there, Roto-Grinders, all these guys that do weather reports, um, people on Twitter, everything like that. Right now, what I'm seeing is Thursday a.m. looks clean. Wednesday or uh, Thursday p.m. over in England looks like it's going to be a little windier, nothing too crazy. Does that mean anything to you when doing your draft? So let's see it, the tee times here. Um, I'll sort by ADP on underdog. Obviously, Scotty Scheffler's going number one. Rory's going to go number two. John Rahm's going to go number three, pretty much in every draft. But Scotty's going off early. Rahm and Rory are going off later. Does that push them down in your rankings at all if you were to do this? Are you going to do like, you know, the classic DFS morning wave, late wave, like that type of stuff? So, you know, say you do good on your Thursday draft, Friday morning. It looks like the weather's going to be a lot cleaner Friday morning than it's Friday afternoon. Are you going to do weather stacks at all? I, I think it's interesting, Nick, because, you know, this is such a a market that hasn't been completely mastered yet. Like, obviously, we are putting this out in the space. Everybody's going to play. And I think it's a really good differentiator. Like, I'm looking at underdog ADP right now. I tend to think in general, and you and I went on and we just did one just to, you know, figure out figure out all the quirks that were going on with it the drafts go very similar to what the ADP is showing. And I think the ADP is wrong in a ton of spots to begin with. And it just so happens that a lot of these morning guys that I did like for Thursday have a little bit lower ADP. Like obviously Scotty Scheffler is should be the number one pick on the board and he's playing in the morning and he's the number one player in ADP. So all of that makes logical sense, but I, I do kind of have a general idea of when I run this, there are players to me, that are going on in the afternoon. They're just being drafted too high. And it's funny, dude, because I am always like the anti-weather guy. And somehow I've been turned into the weatherman this week to where all I talk about is the weather on every single show and how impactful I think the weather is for this tournament. And that's not an answer you typically hear me give. But I think more than anything that these drafts are really advantageous just because people are way too closely following the ADP. And uh, it's why you and I build our own numbers. And this isn't the general answer. If you're talking about any other market out there in the space, like ownership doesn't matter or, you know, exactly where the movement's gone doesn't matter. This is just purely who do you like best in this situation with one pick on the clock that you can make. And you're the only one in that league who's going to have that player. So uh, to me, that's what's really exciting about this because you get m- much more true answers from you and I of where we like in certain spots. And obviously we're going to talk a lot about what we do like in various aspects of the market, that's not going to change here. But um, I think to answer your question there, it, it does matter a little bit. Uh, I think from a tiebreaker sense, it's a really interesting thing. And we can get into this board where, where the ADP is right now, but you have players like Rory and John Rahm, and I'll let you talk about w- whether they're morning or late time because you have that up in front of you right now. And I'll bring it up in a second here. But uh, some of these guys going in the afternoon might be overdrafted for that reason. Yeah, so I did actually do one at the John Deere Classic for the round one, and my team wasn't that good, and it was in the top five percentile of the big GPP. It was called the three-putt Thursday. Um, I I personally think the ROI is doing the smaller contest, but it all depends on, like, if you love a guy. So, like, this week, uh, I haven't checked his ownership in standard DFS in general. I'm sure it's going to be relatively high just because of the recent form, but a guy like Jordan Smith, whose ADP is way down on underdog, um, price is way down in any other DFS outlet out there. Like you can kind of 
save those guys for late. So round one at the John Deere, my difference maker, like my team was okay. It was Adam Hadwin who shot one under day one at the John Deere, which is bad. That's a bad score out there. Chris Kirk, I believe was three under Keith Mitchell was three under Bo Hossler. I think was only two under. And the guy that I loved uh, all week at the John Deere was Davis Thompson. So he shot three under so decent score, respectable, but like Davis Thompson wasn't going to get drafted. And then one of the guys that my model loved the most, and this was pretty much the sole reason I cashed this lineup was Grayson Sig. He shot six under his ADP was like in the fifties in this tournament. So it's like, he was a free square, someone that was late, if not, not even drafted because it's only six players on the roster. So what I did like, obviously the prize pools and everything like that aren't going to be as comparable to like a million maker for the open championship on other, you know, on DFS sites, but it's, that's what underdogs trying to do is trying to get there. So I don't want to just speak up underdog or anything like that. Cause I certainly think there's plenty of improvements that could be made everywhere, but just having race and SIG was like enough for my lineup to cash. So I think like the safety blanket of playing these drafts is a lot higher than it is, you know, to, to play salary cap style DFS. So as much as I love that still um, it's something different and it's, it's pretty cool to kind of look at it from a one day lens at the moment. So yeah, let's uh, let's get into the ADPs. Let's get into DFS ownership, all that stuff. Um, I'll, I'll let you kick us off. Let's do it. Yeah, I guess. Do you want to just run this through through the underdog ADP and we can go there? Is that the best way that you'd want to handle this? Yeah. Well, if you want to break down the course real quick, too, I, I'll right. be very transparent. Really, the only thing that I pushed heavily in my my numbers here was recent form ball striking. Uh, scrambling, I think is huge. I I've listened to a lot of shows this week and I tend to try not to do that just so I can't be influenced. I know there's some excellent people in this industry and excellent people making podcasts. I value their opinion, but it does like, that's a personal flaw of mine is I do let multiple people influence my player pool. And I just hate to do that last year. We all know the story about the open championship and in my lineups and how good that week was and how good it could have been. I left for vacation, like the, hour after i built my lineup so it's kind of in a rush so it's like it was strictly me and i feel like that's when i do my best is or my worst you know I'll, I'll take an l when i get it but i don't like to be influenced by others so um this week i did happen to listen to a bunch of podcasts i had a lot of uh windshield time this week driving around for work but didn't hear a ton of people talk about scrambling i think that's going to be one of the biggest factors in this tournament fairways will be missed you could be the most accurate driver in the world and everybody's talking about getting these guys that you know hit driver dead accurate and hit can club down like rory did last time he was here and hit a bunch of fairways but people are going to miss fairways especially when the weather kicks up people are going to miss greens we need that scrambling we're going to need some sand saves all that stuff to avoid big numbers because big numbers are going to happen especially on the i was just watching golf channel and they were showing 17 and they interviewed matt fitzpatrick again is there anybody more unhappy this week than Matt Fitzpatrick? Like they're like, what do you think about 17? He said, no comment. Uh, it's just like a gimmicky par three. It's a turtle shell green bunkers everywhere. If you, you know, miss, you could hit the green, I think 25 feet proximity to the hole and it's going to run off the green. So it is kind of gimmicky for the fact that the course is just wide open and wind could certainly make this a nightmare of a hole, especially on 17. It's kind of like sawgrass, you know, you've seen that hole, completely flip a tournament completely flip your lineups completely flip your betting card so um i don't really know what to expect from all that but again it's going to lead to scrambling guys that can just stay calm maintain you know getting a par or a, or a two-putt bogey is fine too 
um, long iron proximity, um, mid to long iron, I should say. And that's pretty much it. Like obviously accuracy is important too. I'll certainly look at that, but ball striking, scrambling and those mid to long irons is what I'm looking for at the open championship. It's funny, Nick, um, Matthew Fitzpatrick got his braces off and yeah, all of a sudden he's become much more temperamental. Yeah. He's a swag Lord now just wants to talk and has an attitude. I like it. He's a, he's a grown man now. That's exactly what has happened. Taking any shit from the RNA. Good for him. I like them here this week. I don't really understand what the comments or where they're coming from because I thought he was a really good fit. And um, I still think he's an intriguing, very intriguing play for different DFS contests out there. And I mean, his ownership's going to be nothing. It's going to be just going to keep driving down. Yeah. Everywhere. And I, and I think it gives you a very similar answer here when we're talking about underdog over on ADP. Like I see him 17th right now. You know, I have him inside the top 13 of all iterations of my model. When I ran this for upside, he's inside the top 10. So I think Fitzpatrick's one of the better values on the board to consider for this event. And I would double down on pretty much everything that you've just talked about with it. Like you're going to get very similar expectations from last week. When we look at these large green complexes, I think the ability to scramble is kind of the key to this whole equation, whether you want to just talk pure scrambling or three putt avoidance or gaining strokes around the green or being able to putt on these similar surfaces, like all of that, that comes into play is going to be important. I care. I tend to care more about that than anything else since, some of those driving metrics, I think the best way to say it is that they're flawed a little bit when trying to account accuracy. The club down nature here won't tell the perfect picture when running a model. Data is a little bit behind on that right now from what I'm able to find. You can find course specific answers where you can find specific venues that have been played in the past where players that are clubbing down more frequently, how often are they finding fairways? How often are they gaining strokes off the tee? That's kind of one of those projects that you'd have to build on the back end there to get a better answer with that, which I in, incorporated some of that into my model. But uh, a lot of the answer for me just came down to pure ball striking, uh, the ability to pinpoint good scramblers. I wanted positive trajectory in some of those putting numbers that I'm looking for. It's why I have heavier weights and, and a heavier emphasis on a player like Max Homa. I, I really like Max Homa this week because of his scrambling ability and his ability to make putts. I think he's another golfer that we'll talk about it with ADP. That's just too low at this point right now. But uh, no, I, I think we should get into this board. We'll we'll talk about some ADP players. And and as always, we'll, we'll be sure to mention anybody that we think that there's value on in the market to begin with. Like, I, I don't want us to get caught in one area here. Like, I want this to fully encompass all different platforms of how we can make sure that we can find value on these boards. All right, let's do it. All right, Nick. So... At the top here right now, according to Underdog ADP, Scotty Scheffler, 1.4 is his average going rate. Uh, Rory McIlroy, 1.9. John Rahm, 3.2. We will stop there. Those are the top three. Do you have any lean between those? John Rahm. So not You would only, take him first? Uh, I th- well, no. I, if I had a draft, I'm going to take Scotty first, especially for the, the showdown slate, if you want to call it that, or that round one slate. Yeah. Scotty Scheffler's going first. He's got the early wave. Um, that's the the clear weather. But if it was a full week, give me John Rahm. Um, I, I think John Rahm is going to be slept on um, in terms of DFS ownership. I'm sure we're looking at like anywhere from 10 to 15% max, if not a little bit lower. So I'm certainly interested in that as were Rory and Scotty. Those guys are going to be, you know, some of the highest roster guys, especially Rory coming off the win, trying to run it back here at Hoy Lake. So um, 
for round one, Scotty Scheffler, but overall in a big time tournament, give me John Rahm all day long for the full week. I'll take Scotty Scheffler for both answers. Um, number one in my model overall, 19 consecutive finishes inside the top 12. If we're talking specifically showdown, obviously he got the right morning draw that we're looking for there. So I do think he should be the number one player and it shouldn't be overthought from any of those showdown answers with those other two going off later. I do tend to agree with you that if you made me give a second pick and, you know, take this however you want inside the market, whether it's, you know, numbers in different ways there. I think, I think John Rom would probably be my second choice. Rory would be third. I think Rory, because of his victory and and even his victory here in 2014, he's going to end up being very popular in, in any way that you want to look at this. And he probably goes overdrafted because of that reason. I think he's fine. You know, there's, there's different things here to look for. So I, I'll go with Scotty as my preferred play. Scotty Scheffler. It is uh, going down the board a little bit. We got that, that mid tier range guys that are pretty much, exclusively 20 to one to 30 to one 35 to one i guess it depends on who you're looking at but we got sandra shoffley um going fourth off the board at underdog he is priced down he's right around where he would be in in full week dfs patrick cantley victor hovland brooks kepka ricky fowler cam smith and colin morikawa not just for thursday but who's your favorite play there I'm going to go with Xander because I always choose Xander, but I don't think this is a week. A lot of people are going to play with Xander. He, especially on the, the full week DFS, he's priced over, you know, up there with Brooks Kepa and Cam Smith. So I want Xander Shoffley. If he's going to be, you know, 10% in full week DFS, I'm all for it. In uh, underdog though, he seems to be a favorite, especially for this round one contest which that's where i do think the field is looking at weather a little bit because he's going pretty early unless you just think like again i haven't played a lot of underdog golf ever so besides the john deere and then the contest we played today i think people are just going to take cut makers so that does make sense like xander yeah the upside's capped if you want to say that you know but I, i think he's a fantastic play and he does have the early wave draw so does Brooks. So does Cam Smith. So it makes sense that uh, I don't know how I feel about Brooks. Do you like Brooks? I never do. And that's kind of like a flaw too. Like I do play favorites a little bit and I do fade people. I don't really like to root for. And for some reason, I just don't like to root for Brooks. I don't know why. It's not the live thing either. Cause I'm all for Cam Smith. I mean, if I'm directly comparing Brooks to some of these players, I, I would rather have Xander. I would rather have Cam Smith if basing this off at tee times here. I'm always going to be lower on Kepka than the consensus answer ends up being. I, I do think he makes more sense for something here like underdog. Like he's probably a better play for um, Thursday just because of the ability. I believe you said he goes off in the morning, correct? Yes. Yeah. I mean, that obviously is going to help to, to increase it a little bit for him, but um, you know, it's tough. It's not like the wind difference is massive at this point either. Like I, I don't want to start bumping Kepka above some of these other golfers that I would just rather have to begin with. Like I'd rather have Patrick Cantley. I don't really care what time he's going off. I still think Cantley's probably a better play there. Um, I guess let's do this, Nick. Just you can answer this however you want, whether it's the underdog ADP or if you want to just power rank this through of players you like for the entire week in any way. And I guess whatever way you do, I'll do the opposite of it. But uh, Shoffley, Cantley, Hovland, Kepka, Fowler, Cam Smith, Morikawa. You want to very quickly like rifle through where you would go? Yeah, where I'd be first to draft a roster. I think I would go 
Xander first, Cantley second. Who was the other guys? You mentioned somebody that I loved a ton too. Who's the next guys? Hovland, Kepka, Fowler. I love Hovland too. I mean, the whole world loves Hovland. It does make a ton of sense. Like his short game's coming around. The scrambling is there now, and that's kind of the big issue. Fairway finder is long. Like everything about him. I like the whole group. Yeah, yeah. I, like, I, I don't do you love like the thing to me is like the Tyrrell Hatton and Tommy Fleetwood. Do they need to be that popular when other guys are right around them like Matt Fitzpatrick? Kyle Morikawa, I think I'll probably fade in general, um, especially in the the first draft that we do. He's going to have a late tee time. It's going to be windy. I know he's a pure ball striker. The wind will affect him a lot less than it does the mediocre ball strikers. But I, I think I like Fitz more than Morikawa. I do also, but that's a very common answer that I give that I like everybody more than Morikawa. Um, Morikawa and Kepka are always in majors. The two players that I think end up being the most overpriced or underpriced, whichever way you want to look at that um, on the board. My model just never really likes them as much as they sh- it should, I guess. But no, and I and I think this is where it becomes really interesting from an ADP sense from underdog here because. Look, I mean, there's certain golfers that just based off of where the public consensus is, I'm looking on the ADP that's going to be, I'm not going to end up with any Colin Morikawa. It's just not going to happen. I'm never going to draft them high enough compared to where the market is. Like, yeah, if he falls to the very back end of the draft, sure, I'll take Colin Morikawa at that point. But I'm never like, I see a 10.5 underdog ADP right now. I'm not taking Colin Morikawa as one of my, you know, first three or four picks. It's just, he doesn't rank that way for me. Like I'd rather go other ways with it. So I'm probably going to be out on Morikawa on ADP on underdog for that reason. I'm out on Kepka for that same answer. I'm just not going to get there at that 7.1 spot that he has. Uh, like Xander, I think the ADP at 5.4 makes a lot of logical sense. That's like a sharp number to me where he's coming off as one of the top guys off the board. Probably go Cantlay second. Actually, I, I would go, I would go Cameron Smith second for Thursday, just because he gets the early morning time. I would go Cantley third. We were talking from a full tournament answer. I'd flip those two. Like Hovland next. I think Hovland makes a lot of sense for a bunch of different reasons. Don't know how much exposure I necessarily get to him either just because I see a 6.5 underdog ADP for him right now. Um, you can make an argument like all, all things excluded from it, Nick. Who would you rather have of, I mean, I guess you've already answered this question, so it's a redundant question here, but just in general, like we don't even have to talk about ADP here on underdog. Xander Cantley Hovland. Where would you be between those three? Like if you're just saying who do you like the best with everything being taken away? Oh, give me Xander. Yeah. I, I probably I would probably go based off of that answer, Cantley first, just because I think he has the highest upside for this week. Xander second, Hovland third. But we're talking about top eight players for me, no matter how I want to shake it. Uh Fowler is going to be very popular no matter how you want to look at it. I think I'm I, out on Ricky. Yeah, I, I the thing with Ricky is, is he has that negative trajectory in my model for upside. And, and if we're talking specifically to win this tournament in those markets there, I think this market or these numbers, and, and this is even for Tommy Fleetwood, I would give the same answer. We're moving there. The, the It's just moved too much. Like I would rather have Cantlay or Xander at 28 to one than to bet... Uh, Ricky Fowler or Tommy Fleetwood at 20. So that's kind of what my mindset is. That's fair. I'm with it. Yeah. In terms of fantasy, I think I'd probably 
agree with you there too. All right, let's go to the middle, the middle upper tier, if you want to call it that. So ADP like 20 and below. Um, this is kind of your upper mid tier in week long DFS as well. Tony Finau. 19.8, so pretty much going right at 20. Justin Rose, right at 20 there. They're kind of interchangeable. Tom Kim, Russell Henley, Corey Connors, Sam Burns, JT, Cameron Young, Bryson. <laughs> Dude, Robert McIntyre is inside the top 30. Uh, that has to be the biggest gap in DFS in general because yeah. he's low tier everywhere else. Are you buying into Bobby Mack? Let's start at the bottom. I'm, I mean, the history at the open is pretty good, but I don't know, man. Let me pull him up. What do I like? The ball striking is just so hit or miss. He still scores like the dude, like when his irons go, he puts short games. Good. He misses a lot of fairways, though, and that worries me. He's not, like, crazy long either. I mean, I know he's long, but not crazy long. I don't know. Open Championship in 2022, T34, 2021, T8, 2019, T6. I feel like it's a letdown coming, and I'm going to be out. I I think he's a better play for non- underdog contest i think the adp is way too high for the profile that you're getting with him dude he's going to be one of the highest owned players in any well i'm not necessarily yes i agree with that i i guess more of the answer i'm giving based off of that would be anything that maneuvers more along the lines of cash games or specifically if you could find the right matchup out there where if he's 22 percent on let's just say he's 22 percent on a week-long fantasy there's just no way unless it's a cash game that's it right you well can't. i think even when he's i think even when he starts pushing 22 like what is he going to be for cash then like it's starting to get disgusting uh, in cash you probably that. take the free it's a free square it's like a backup running back mispriced in nfl but i i agree with that and there's safety numbers that make a lot of sense but he's good open here's the only counter argument i'd give to that nick is open championships and like all majors that are not augusta for the masters they're played at different venues so yeah link style golf courses are easily traversed from one spot to the next i mean there's nothing to promise that mcintyre would necessarily find success here i don't think he's going to mess up i think he's relatively safe for what you're getting and if you want to call him a free square sure but i can't say that he is exponentially greater than some of the players around him. Um, I guess specifically if you're going to like the, the I'm trying to think how to say this right now, like, like a, a Chris Kirk, for example, a Give Seth Straka all day over him. Like Taylor I Gooch. Those, Give me Taylor. Go- Taylor Kim. Gooch. Robert McIntyre is being drafted before Hideki Matsuyama, Keegan Bradley, Denny. I know we both like Denny. And then your boy, Jason Day. He's being drafted before Jason Day. So that's on on the recent form side of things, that makes sense. But that's just how much the DFS community in general is like a recent form whore, for uh, for lack of better terms there. I will take the upside on guys with major winning history. Give me Jason Day over Bobby Mack all day long. Yeah, I don't. Th- I guess that's the point that I was trying to to make, Nick. And obviously, 
there's different iterations of the market out there where this answer gets vastly different when you're comparing him one way to the next. If we're talking specifically underdog here, I'd rather have Jason Day. I'd rather have Denny McCarthy. I'd rather have Adam Scott. And this is just like as a as an encompassing answer, um, which I think is actually probably more impactful just for anybody listening rather than saying specifically on Thursday, this is the player I like more. You know, there's four days worth, worth of contests that are going to be on there. I think these numbers change. And I think like from just like looking at what player do I like more, I'd rather have Min Woo Lee. I'd rather have Taylor Gooch. I'd rather have Chris Kirk. I'd rather have Brian Harmon. Like there's just so many names that I would rather have than McIntyre that it, it reaches that point for me on underdog that he's undraftable at his ADP of what you're going to have to pay to get him. There's so much baked in either what we saw at the Scottish open, which was, yeah, a great story almost and kind of should have won the tournament. Should've if It wasn't won, for the theatrics that Rory was able to pull off at the end. And you look at the open championship pedigree that he has. It's great. There, there's no refuting that point right there, but um, he is very popular in all iterations of the market here. And I, I just think that's something to keep an eye on. Like if you want to, if we're looking at him directly versus one person, it's a different story. But when we're directly comparing him on an ADP here on underdog, I mean, there's just not really one name that I would rather take him then. And it just makes him an over overdrafted commodity where, you know, to me, like even a guy like, you know, Corey Connor, Sam Burns that are going a couple spots before them. I think there's a pretty decent difference. Um, Connor's 26th in my model overall. Sam Burns 24th over in my model overall. Robert McIntyre likes he's 41st overall. I think when you look at his overall like projection in the space, 41st is going to be better than any of those other markets there. Um, but it's not better than the underdog ADP that we're talking about. Yeah, give me Corey Connors too all day. He's got good open history as well and ball striking. And short game form. Putter's coming around, too. He liked the greens at the Scottish. So, yeah, I will take Corey Connors. Uh, in terms of, like, no-namers, if you want to call them that, where are you going on the very bottom of the board? So, like, for this first contest, I think my lock, if you're okay with it, when our draft starts, unless people take them, I doubt anybody's got the balls to do it. Can we go Harris English? Can we lock him into our lineup if given the opportunity? He's got a very early tee time for Thursday. He's going to be 1% owned in DFS in general anywhere, and he's going to go close to undrafted on underdog. I don't know what I like about him so much, but my numbers seem to absolutely love him. Uh, the ball striking is its hit or miss, man. When he gets hot, he gets hot, and I just trust his game. The, the Open Championship history back when he was really healthy is solid. Uh, recent history the last couple of years, nothing special. It's just like if we can get the guy that showed up at the Wells Fargo and the Schwab right after that, I know he got cut at the PGA. I think he barely missed a cut there. His iron play was great then. It, it worried like off the tee game worries me a little bit. I know he's accurate, but he is not long and club down is probably not a big option for Harris when the course is going to be 7,300 yards and likely soft if the rain comes tomorrow. Are you okay with Harris English or do you think that's a like if there's any time to play Harris, it's probably the round one early wave, right? Yeah. That, like Jordan Smith just makes so much sense to me. And I hope I'm not getting sucked into bad chalk, but he's just the dude checks every single box and he's in great form. He finished T20 at the U S open top 10 ball striking at the Scottish top 20 off the T 
I'm taking him top 40 as well. I'm, I'm in on Jordan Smith. So let's do... Other, okay, other no names that are in option. Let's say no, I, I, it's going to be fourteen I, teams. We're going to have to get gross. Well, with that's it. what, what I was Davis just going to say. I'll do some quick math here. So we have fourteen teams. We uh, six players. So that's uh, eighty-four players that are being taken. Yeah, we're um, taking Davis Riley too. He's early. I think if you're looking at and like if I'm looking at underdog ADP right now, these are players that haven't even been drafted yet in any of the drafts, and I think these are players that um, are probably top. 50 options so like you're probably looking on you know round four round five round six on most of these choices of when they should be going off the board or where they logically will go off the board thinking andrew putnam brendan todd harris english those are kind of the guys in i think it's kind of the guys in that range like those are probably my three favorite ones that currently have no adp right now but no i don't i mean obviously we're not overdrafting harris english i have no problem pulling the trigger on him in round five sweet okay well we may have to do that that may be like my guy that i need last guy way down at the bottom taylor moore i like davis riley too the ball striking and short game worries me a little bit he doesn't check as many boxes i'd like to um in terms of cheap guys that did check every single box for me it was pretty much siwoo kim chris kirk and Denny McCarthy. Anybody, any other name that I'm going to mention, you guys make, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Jason Day was very high for me. Um, we've mentioned him a lot on Action Network. Uh, Taylor Gooch, but he's kind of priced up there. Um, I'm trying to think who else. All right, what are your thoughts on Adrian Moronk and Lee Hodges? Lee Hodges is in great form. It just sounds disgusting to even consider him in a major, but he makes cuts. You could convince me on Lee Hodges. Um, you can convince me on Davis Riley. I know you brought him up. I think Lucas Herbert's fine. Christian Bezadenhout makes sense. Um, Bezadenhout was a guy as well for me. I'm always a sucker for Victor Perez in some of these spots. I think Taylor Moore is fine. Um, I quit Vic Perez when I realized he didn't wear gloves. Same, re- <laughs> same reason I will never win a tournament of Lucas Glover, which is kind of messed up. His last name's Glover and doesn't even wear one, so... <laughs> I think this is, I think all these names that we're mentioning right now are, are essentially the the options that are in consideration as the last man into any type of build that you're doing uh, specifically here with underdog ADP though, with where the numbers are going to be like, this is, this is your last name in, in a, in a 14 man draft where we're all drafting six players and you're sitting there and you're like, yeah, Lee Hodges, you know, I, I think as my sixth man in that makes logical sense there. Um, let me ask you this, Nick, because I think this is a very interesting question that I can pose here that encompasses all markets that we can talk about because we can start talking about underrated values throughout the board anywhere we're ta- starting to talk here. I'm going to phrase this as an underdog ADP question to you here um, since we both have it up. But, you know, rapid fire off some of the names that you do think would be the largest margin, I guess, where you are more bullish on their chances to find success than the market seems to be this week. Oh, well, everybody loves Jordan Smith. So that's nothing. Um, can I do the vice versa? Matthew Southgate. I think he misses the cut. seems like the public seems to like him a little bit. The, um, I'll tell you this on underdog. Um, 35.9 average underdog ADP right now. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, uh, I 
picked in the Mystic Cut, and I'm going to stay Yeah, that. he's uh, – I mean, if you rank that compared to all players, that's 55th overall. I would say he's a golfer that's, like, outside the top 90 for me. I, he wouldn't be in my uh, player pool based off of that. I'm going to say the same thing with Louis Oosthuizen. He he has a couple good live finishes and everybody's back because it's the open. Missed a cut last year, didn't he? So like I'm I'm not worried about him. He's gonna be ten percent owned a week on VFS. Hard he's, pass. And he's also thirty five point five on underdog yeah. ADP. So that's all another right. well, guy. Give, give me the guy that's going drafted right after him all day and probably has no ownership anywhere else. I don't think. Let me confirm. Shit, where is it? I don't want to give you this uh, the ownership bet again. Give me Joaquin Neiman. Yeah. All sure. day long. Like, For sure. Yeah. The iron play sucked at the U S open guy still found a way to, to get to T 32. We know he could scramble. Um, we know historically the iron play is much better than it shows recently in his PGA events that he's came to. I know he lost strokes approach at the PGA championship, lost strokes approach at the U S open T 16 and sucked with his irons at the masters. And the best part of his iron play is his long iron play. And he's accurate off the. I think Joaquin Neiman is worth a serious look. Give me him. That's that'll be my main guy for the market doesn't like him, and I do. I think he has massive upside for this tournament. Um, what about Dietrich? <laughs> do we do we not talk about him anymore? This is a trap. No, I I I like I like Dietrich. I I also like Abraham Answer. I think these are guys that the in any market that we want to talk about that they're just going to be too low. And um, I never quite play by the rules, Nick, where I just like to rapid fire off a lot of people in, in all these ranges here. I think if we're talking about overrated and, and you can use this in any, any sector that you want to talk about here, because it's going to land here, no matter what we're speaking of. I think Phil Mickelson, I think some of that's gotten ridiculous with where his prices are in the space and uh, 35.9 underdog ADP, like, Hard pass. I mean, it's a hard pass. He's the biggest outlier that I have in my model there. Uh, Matthew Southgate would be second for me. So I think we're on the same page with him. Uh, 35.9 underdog ADP. Uh, my model has him 94th overall. I think Justin Thomas is just name recognition. There's too much boomer bust. Now, I will say this about Justin Thomas. If nothing else, if we're talking about like a, a showdown type contest here, I think he has the capabilities to hit for one day where he puts the pieces together. I, I guess my Thomas question or answer would be more under the concern of over four days. I don't necessarily trust what he's going to put together. I think he can find a lot of mistakes on this course. I think Jordan Spieth pre presents a very similar answer to that, where for one day, he gives you some of that upside. I think over the course here of four days, you run into some problems. Uh, Louis is overrated for me. Dustin is overrated for me. Robert McIntyre is overrated for me. So we're really on the same page with all those names that we've talked about uh, on the flip side of it, just to talk about some players that I am massively higher on than their underdog ADP. Nick, close your ears on this one. Nobody, no, you don't no. need to hear this. It's going to be Brian fucking Harmon, isn't it? Sorry Brian Harmon is the biggest I difference that I have. Um, I do have some concerns about Harmon out here. I don't think he is not necessarily like an automatic pencil in where you don't have to worry about him, but I am going to play him over four days uh, worth of contests. I think Denny McCarthy is a great name to consider. Adam Scott, uh, Sepp Straka, Answer and Neiman for all the reasons that we've talked about of the upside that they present of these live golfers. Um, 
I like Min Woo Lee. I mean, here's another name where I, I mean, how gross can we get here with some of these players that we talk about? I guess I'll just include them together because at this point, Noren and Dietrich are the same person to me, but I think Noren and Dietrich make a lot of sense as options that everybody's fed up with and they don't want to go back to them in any bet out there um, or any, or any market out there. Um, Jason Day is obviously going to be one of the higher upside names I can talk about, but I mean, that's kind of where I'm at here. It's, it's it's those options that we're looking at and um for different for different sectors they're going to be better plays than others but i think specifically here for underdog like jason day has real upside to win this golf tournament specifically if we're talking over the course of four rounds of golf like i think he can put the pieces together to win this event which is a really bullish comment to give for a golfer who is 100 and 10 to one, we'll call him. Like I got him at 125, but um, I, I think it's I think it's an intriguing option there. Do you approve on me firing away at Neiman at 150 to one? I think it's a I think him and answer like answer you can even get higher Dude, than that. Um, I don't see what anybody I don't think anybody sees anything in answer but you. But I think that's like an every week thing for me with it. But scrambling sucks. His iron play again. We don't have live stats, but. Hasn't been good in a long time. I know his open championship history is okay, right? He's a serial cut maker. For, yeah. I don't know. Two missed cuts, two made cuts. Yeah, but I don't he's know. Been... I, I'm out. He is a fairway finder, though. I, I would, you know, answers one of those golfers where when he got better, he got much better. It's like the Max Homa answer that I would give. Going miscut, miscut in 2018, 2019. Eh, I mean, it's, it is what it is with it. 59th in 2021, 11th in 2022. Maybe if we're talking pure win equity here, sure. Um, I mean, there's a reason why Neiman is more in the 160 range or whatever you said in answer. I mean, he's drifted out into the 300s in some of these spots. Like there is a there is a a difference between those two names, but I like the answer. He was ninth in my model for expected strokes gain total. Um, I'm running limited data that most of it is like not coming from the live golf performances that he's putting together at this point, but Really good win player. I would think this is a venue where his weighted scoring should be in the top 20. Um, the weighted scrambling for me was 21st. Like I actually liked a lot of the numbers that I put together. Uh, sand save percentage, you can make an argument that that's where it goes south for him and maybe that's where the problems come into play. But um, I, I like that answer Neiman combination really any way you want to talk about it. Yeah, I'm I'm okay with it now that you put up your, uh, your fight there. But yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, last question for you, then we'll get out of here. Dustin Johnson in or out? For, for he, under- dude, he he was everything for me last year. I think I had like fifty percent just or uh, Dustin Johnson. Then I had like seventy five percent Russ Henley, who did nothing on Sunday, but Russ was like one percent owned and balled out for a little bit there. Got my lineups to at least sniff on Sunday. Yeah, Dustin sure. Johnson, yay or nay? It depends what where we're talking about this year. I I think for underdog. He, I mean, an ADP of 15th, like th- that's going to be, that's going to be the, f- essentially the, the first pick of the second round. I think he's more of a back end, a mid to back end pick of the second round. I, I just think that he's going off the board sooner than he should be based off of that number. Now, 
I do kind of like him a little bit in other ways that we're talking about this. I just think he's being overdrafted, I guess. The thing for me, I know he grades very poorly for you with sand save percentage and scrambling on tighter courses, correctly. So like 100%, last yes. year, perfect play when it's all short irons and stuff like wide open fairways. Approach shots are coming from 50 to 125 yards. That is Dustin's game all day long. That's why we loved him. I think we got the the better half of the live issue. Like people just didn't want to play guys from live last year and DJ just went under the radar. Um, so that was pretty cool. But yeah, other than that, look out for the contest link that we will, uh, we'll both tweet out here. Um, I'm down to do it tonight. If you want to throw it out tonight and see if it fills, let's just, let's do it. Uh, just remember must be 18 or older to play 21 or older in Massachusetts and Arizona, 19, or older in Alabama and Nebraska. And present in a state where underdog fantasy operates, terms apply, concerned with your play, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, 1-800-639-8783, or text Next Step to 53342. In New York, call the 24-7 HOPE line at 1-877-8-HOPE-NY. Or text Hope NY, that is 467369. Uh, in Tennessee, call or text TN Redline at 1 800 889 9789. And that will do it. Spencer, anything else to say? I guess as a last note before we part out of here, um, give me your player, not necessarily who's going to win this golf tournament. Where are you going to be higher than consensus? this week i think overall now i didn't even know it i think joaquin neiman man i think i'm gonna plant my flag there all he needs every aspect of his game has been fantastic that we've seen besides the iron play which historically i will bet on the come that he gets that rolling low ball flight you have to love that in windy conditions um i think for me I like, if be- I pull the conditions, sorry again to cut you off. We, we're just off the rails today, and I love it. <laughs> like, stroke scene putting has been his downside at these tournaments. So, yeah. and that's again, like, I I trust his, I trust him. I don't know why. He's let me down certainly many times. Uh, PGA Championship, I think we were both extremely high on him. And again, it was the iron play that disappeared, but that was shitty weather. It was raining everywhere, and it was tough. So, I don't know. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt that you know his tee shots will put him in position to score here and i think that's something that will separate him from those around him at least i i do think he is volatile that's the only thing that i'm going to well, know that and um, that's why no one's playing him. and that's and that's fine that's why he makes such sense for different uh markets out there so yeah i, I guess for me it's just going to be the two names that i i continue to talk about the entire week max homa um Homa is a golfer at this point where it, it just reminds me so much of the Wyndham Clark answer that I, I would give to where Wyndham Clark entered the U.S. Open where he hadn't been in the top 75 in six attempts of major championships. Homa hasn't provided a top 10 in 16 attempts on his end there. Um, I would say that let's throw away the first everything that's not the last two years. Five of seven made cuts over the last seven majors. An open championship to me has always arguably been the best tournament for him to actually find success at like we don't even need to talk about winning here but 
the price tags are kind of reduced across the market. If if you want to look at him compared to other golfers in the space, you know, there's him versus Justin Thomas is a very readily available thing that's out there. Um, give me Homa all day there. And, and, and I just think Jason day, because the form has been so bad recently, nobody's going to want to go there either. And when we're talking about triple digits to win a golf tournament, I, I am going to take the upside that I, I do believe day possesses. So uh, Homa and day will be the two that I probably am the most aggressive on, but I, I'm going to be sprinkling in. Like if you want to backtrack to where I was talking about some of the players that I was higher on than consensus, all those names will make my player pool in different ways. Love it. All right. We'll get out of here. And uh, just again, a hundred percent deposit match promo code BGP. Good luck this week, folks. Yep. And you can find Nick on Twitter at sticks picks. I am at T off sports. And as always, if you have any questions about the week from any of the perspectives that we've talked about, please feel free to reach out to us at one of those handles. Um, we, Nick and I will figure out what we are going to do with this draft when we will get it up. As Nick said, uh, sign up code BGP to get a hundred dollar match bonus and enter a pool against us to compete for real cash. Each tournament this season will have an added bonus to the prize pool. That's something to keep in mind. So I think that kind of translates to that being one of the best ROI spots that you're going to find on the board for any underdog contest that you have. So don't miss out on the fun. Uh, Nick, thank you for doing this today. Everybody out there, thank you for listening to this episode, and we will see you guys again next week.